All right, a lot going on in the NBA, Laker fans. A lot going on. I mean, can we not be so selfish? Can we talk about some other stories around the NBA? Not everything is Lakers. Um, okay, real quick, some uh, updates on scores. The Toronto Raptors are up seven on the uh, Clippers. About three minutes left to go in the second quarter. Huge Raptors fan tonight. Huge Raptors fan tonight. Raptors Nation. Uh, Suns uh, beat the Cavaliers 134-118. to 118. That game went to overtime, so Suns now have... They're tied again with the Utah Jazz for best record in the NBA. What other uh, game is significant to the Lakers? Mavericks over the Heat. I thought actually uh, Miami would help us tonight. They did not help us. So Dallas goes back into the fifth spot. So Lakers don't play, so Dallas goes back into the fifth spot. Okay, here are the NBA stories I want to get into. Did you guys see Russell Westbrook's line last night? By the way, I know we got a lot of callers on hold, 877-710-ESPN. About 8.15, I'll take some more calls. Um, Did you guys see Russell Westbrook's line last night? The Wizards beat the Indiana Pacers 154-141. to Russell, (laughs) Russell Westbrook's stat line, okay? Listen to this. Russell Westbrook's stat line, 14 points, 21 rebounds, 24 assists. I've played basketball my whole life. I think if you add all the assists in my entire life, I don't think I cracked 22. Russell Westbrook had 24 assists and 20, uh, 21 rebounds. He's now three triple-doubles short of Oscar Robertson's career record. He will have averaged the triple-double for the fourth time in his career. It's a pretty amazing, amazing moment in the history of the NBA. I want to kind of just take a quick second to talk about that. What Russell Westbrook is doing right now in the NBA is a historic moment. You don't have to be a Russell Westbrook fan. You don't have to be a fan of the Washington Wizards. Just be a fan and appreciate what one of um, the most unique players in the history of the NBA is doing right now. It kind of reminds me of this. Steph Curry went on his streak of scoring whatever he was. I think I read something today. In his last 18 games, he's averaging 37 points or something like that, something ridiculous. What... Russell Westbrook is doing, at this stage of his career, I think 32 years old, and these triple-doubles, the way he's just doing it every day like it's absolutely nothing, appreciate it. Because before we know it, he's going to pass Oscar Robertson. He's already well ahead LeBron James, Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson, you know, all these other greats that were known for points, rebounds, and, uh, and assists. And there was a really good debate, I thought, yesterday on first take. I brought this up to Michael Thompson in the pregame show. And the debate was about, will Russell Westbrook uh, finish with a better career than Allen Iverson? And they go through. You know, they're comparing this player's, what he's accomplished, what that player's accomplished. And I thought, no question in my mind, I thought 100% Michael Thompson in the pregame show was going to say that Allen Iverson will have had a better career than Russell Westbrook. And Michael was so far the other way. He's trying to explain to me, do you see what he's doing? Do you see uh, what he's accomplishing? This isn't even a conversation. Allen Iverson was just a scorer. He wasn't able to grab the rebounds that Russell Westbrook's doing, be able to distribute like Russell Westbrook's doing. And the argument they were making on first take was more about Allen Iverson took a Philadelphia 76ers team to the NBA Finals with virtually nobody compared to Russell Westbrook was never able to obviously win a championship and not able to win a championship with Kevin Durant, James Harden. He's played with Paul George. He's played with James Harden again when he played in Houston. So you can make any case that you want. I don't have to sit here and and figure out this argument. 
Um, but what I will say is this. Appreciate what the dude is doing. That's twice on my top NBA stories the last two weeks. I've tried to take a second and just say watch Russell Westbrook. Um, what he's doing right now is special. It's going to be four years in his career that he's averaged a triple-double. Pretty damn uh, pretty damn impressive. Okay, another top NBA story I want to get into. Luka Doncic is on the brink of a suspension. So they played today. Obviously, he was not suspended. Um, he has 15 technical fouls. If you get to 16, then you're suspended for a game. So this is the way the NBA structured it. I don't know if this started. I feel like Rashid Wallace, <laughs> Rashid Wallace was always getting suspended back in the days. So I bring this up because of this. Um, Luca's obviously one of the best players in the NBA, one of the smartest players in the NBA, and he's so incredibly young. You know what I don't, I don't understand about Luca? What I can't understand is how a dude this smart is putting himself and his team in this position. Somebody help me understand that one. Somebody explain this to me. As good as Luka is, his team is sitting tied with the Lakers for fifth place in the Western Conference. If Luka Doncic misses a game, Dallas is not winning. How does Luka put his squad in a position where he gets 15 technical fouls so far this season? He did say this, I'll quote, I won't get another one. Don't worry. I don't think anybody's worried. I think if you're a Laker fan, you're, the only thing you're concerned about is he doesn't get another technical foul. But I understand how this guy, as smart as he is and as good of a player he is, puts his team in this position. What if there's three games left in the season and there's a referee that's whistle, you know, has a quick whistle and gets whistle happy and blows Luka for a technical foul? And Luka now has got to miss that next game. And the Blazers, the Lakers, and the Dallas Mavericks are all kind of separated by a game. And now Dallas has to be in a playing tournament that they wouldn't have to be uh, be in if Luka didn't get that technical foul. As much as I like Luka, I think this is a uh, a pretty stupid scenario for him to be in. Um, okay, another NBA story I want to get into. This will actually be the final NBA story I want to get into. So we talked a little bit about the uh, playing tournament, and we spent a little time on this. And the conversation came up on... Um, Okay, do we like the playing tournament, all that stuff? Well, it's going to happen, and it's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. So I want to go through the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. What teams are fighting for the final two playoff spots? Because 7 through 10, yes, they'll be in a playing tournament, but only two of those teams are going to obviously end up in the playoffs. So in the Eastern Conference, you have Boston, Charlotte, Indiana, and Washington. I think Boston's going to get in. They got enough of a cushion where I think they'll get in. Um, the question is going to be, would you rather see the Charlotte Hornets or the Washington Wizards in the playoffs? Would you rather see LaMelo Ball or would you rather see Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal? Uh, Charlotte's an exciting team. I mean, if you think this is an easy answer and you think, hey, yeah, no question about it, I want to see Charlotte in there or I want to see Russell Westbrook in there. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I do want to see Russell Westbrook in it. But Charlotte's a young, exciting team. I don't care so much about Indiana. Those are the four teams fighting in the uh, Eastern Conference in the West. Right now, it's Portland, Golden State, Memphis, and San Antonio. This one's easy for me, too. I want to see Steph Curry. And if it's Portland that ends up in seventh place, I want to see Damian Lillard. I don't really care about any of the other teams. All right. Um, I hit on this for a quick second, and I want to I want to do it when we come back. So the Lakers have Marcus Gasol yesterday is a perfect example of this. So Marcus Gasol yesterday comes through for the Lakers and has a big time game comes off the bench this is a player that nobody you know obviously wasn't uh um his role is completely changed for the Lakers something Ali and I were talking about Ali Clifton came on a little bit earlier we were specifically talking about Lakers and the competition within the team 
Is it good for the Lakers? Is it? Uh, do you wish they had more of a rotation where you knew there was only eight, nine guys that they're going to and that's it? Or do you like that there's 11, 12, 13 players that could be playing at any time? I'm going to use Gasol as an example yesterday. and we come back, I think the competition on this team, yes, you're playing another squad, but I think the actual competition on this team of everybody fighting for playing time, everybody fighting to play at the end, is actually beneficial to the Lakers. I'll explain what I'm talking about coming up next. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Uh, rare to have the Lakers um, off for two straight days, so do Lakers talk tonight. Tomorrow, Travis and Sliwa show, and then coming up on Thursday, Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers. Friday, Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers. Sunday, Lakers and the Sun. So we got some good games coming up. By the way, if you're out driving about, you want to hear Lakers basketball, quick update. Dodgers and the Cubbies, they're in extra innings. It's 3-3. Three to three. Remember, this is the second game of a doubleheader. Cubbies took the first one. Um, I want to say 7-1 to one was the final score there. So 3-3 uh, three, three going into the bottom of the 8th. I know people can say, what are you talking about, extra innings? What do you mean 8th innings? It's extra innings. Well, they're doing these these doubleheaders. They play 7 games so or they play 7 innings. Um, I, I want to I'll, I'll spend a little time on this. Um, so Lakers, we, we had that opportunity yesterday to watch us. Marc Gasol came in and in 17 minutes was a plus 17 in the plus minus. Uh, had 10 points for the Lakers, had some key plays, some key possessions, uh, came in and you know put himself in a position where, uh, just think about Marcus Gasol's journey here with the Lakers so far. Came in the offseason. A lot of us were excited. I don't know about you guys. I was excited to get Marcus Gasol. And then Lakers got Montrez Harrell as well and Dennis Schroeder. And I'm sitting back saying, look at this squad. Yeah, I know we lost some, we lost some veterans, but we got more talented. And then as the season progressed, there was a lot of criticism towards Marcus Gasol. What are we doing? Why do we have Marcus Gasol? We should have kept Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. Uh, we need another big. Gasol's not going to get it done. So, um, you know, one of the themes that I had the entire time was just give it a second. Wait, because by the time the buyout market comes, maybe Rob Palenka and the rest of the front office, they'll have a similar game plan that they did last year. They'll address whatever needs that they, that they have. So the Lakers go out and they grab Andre Drummond. And once they grabbed Andre Drummond, it was, first of all, it was big-time news, but it was incredibly impactful to Marc Gasol's role on this team. So what happened to Gasol? He ended up being the third-string center for the Lakers. So he comes here thinking he's going to be a starter, and then by the time the buyout market comes, the Lakers go out and get Andre Drummond. He's a third-string center. And by the way, you know my opinion on this, yeah, it's part of the game. Yeah, Rob Palenka in the front office, their job is to – as the season progresses, if there's holes that they feel like they have, address them. And I thought the Lakers did a good job doing that. They went out and got Ben McLemore. They obviously got Andre Drummond. Okay, here we are now. The season's continuing to progress. Lakers have 
12, 13 guys that they can go to any single night. Any night. Uh, think about the depth that the Lakers have. Andre Drummond gets into foul trouble yesterday. You could throw in Marcus All. You still have Montrez Harrell. Um, Wesley Matthews isn't playing well. Sounds good. Put Ben McLemore in off the bench. KCP is starting. Uh, you got THT. You got Alex Caruso. You have Markeith Morris, Kyle Kuzma sometimes fighting for minutes. Why have the cases? It's a good thing, Laker fans. And, you know, one of the things, one of the points I was trying to make in the postgame show yesterday was nobody should be guaranteed minutes towards the end of games. Yesterday is a perfect example. You saw Coach bringing in, uh, Vogel brought in Andre Drummond. Uh, he, he took out the players that have kind of the bench players that stretch that Lakers lead. At one point, they were up by 14. Then Denver goes on a 14-2 to run. And in my head, I'm sitting here saying, well, why'd you, why'd you bring Drummond back in? The luxury that the Lakers have right now is they pretty much have two to three guys in every position. They can go deep in every single position. And the reason why that stands out to me is nobody should be guaranteed closing minutes. Other than LeBron James and Anthony Davis, That's the only. those are the only two players that matter. And I say that because as the season progresses, and we don't have much of the season left, only seven games left, yes, I understand that it's good. You want to have kind of a closing rotation. You want to know what guys um, are going to be playing, what guys are going to finish the game. Lakers are in a, in a much different predicament than many other teams out there. The best players that are performing on that night should be the players that are finishing the game. So let me let me say that again because typically, and I know we're accustomed to this, sometimes we're accustomed to the conversation is, um, no, no, the, the guys who started should be the guys that finish. Or you should have kind of a closing five that's ready to go out there. I think for the Lakers, their predicament is, Whoever's playing the best on that night, there's going to be a night where Ben McLemore can't miss a shot. He should be in towards the you know the fourth quarter, the closing minutes. There's going to be a time where Ben McLemore can't hit a shot, and you need KCP on the defensive side. KCP should be in. Uh, Andre Drummond should be in, or or Marcus All or Montrezl Harrell. At the end of the day, it's the players that are performing the best. I think should get those minutes, and that's what I'm refer- uh, referring to on that front. Um, I thought Marcus All was great yesterday. I thought Wesley Matthews gave in some good minutes. And I think the thought process of who cares how we win, just win, um, that's a big part of, I thought, what the championship was for the Lakers last season. You know, Hopefully that's going to be the case for the Lakers now. And you got a lot of new personnel, so there's no guarantees that's always going to be the case. Uh, one of my favorite shows to listen to is Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose yesterday um, was chiming in on Andre Drummond. Take a listen to this. Andre Drummond, obviously, uh, his role so far with the Lakers. See, the one thing about his fit with this squad is, like, he's one of those guys as a center that really has great ball skills, right? You could pop him up at the elbow. You could do dribble handoffs with him. He can score on the block. But the Lakers don't necessarily need for him to do that. They need floor spacing a lot of times and or defense or rim protection. And so it's going to be interesting to see how those minutes get distributed. But here's the overarching point. They have so many bigs that can play against so many people. So many. Jokic, Jokic has struggled versus the Lakers field goal percentage-wise more than any team in the league. Yeah, you got Drummond. You got Gasol. But you can put Morris on them. You can put mm-hmm. Montrez Harrell on them. Davis. so many bigs. And Anthony Davis as well. Lakers got options. That's the point. That's the, you know, it's not just the center position. Many of these positions, Lakers got options. 
Last year during that playoff run for the Lakers, you were so accustomed to watching specific teams play one style of basketball, and that was it. The Portland Trailblazers couldn't throw three different four options at you. They, just, they played one style, and that was it. The Rockets played one style. The Nuggets, obviously, and then even the Miami Heat. The Lakers, what makes them so unique is they're so deep in every position. They can play big. They could play small. They could play fast. They could play slow. They kind of play any way that they want. So I thought the drumming point that Jalen Rose was trying to make, and this was specific on the Lakers and the Nuggets, but I think it also applies to uh, many other teams in the NBA. Um, I played a little bit earlier Adrian Wojnarowski on the LeBron injury. Take a listen to Brian Windhorst, who was on SportsCenter as well, um, expanded a little bit on, uh, on what we could expect from uh, LeBron. Yeah, from what I'm told, Ryan, I don't think you're going to see much LeBron James the rest of the regular season. Uh, one of the big issues is the Lakers have seven games left, and six of them are part of back-to-back sets. And LeBron, with this issue, is just not going to play in back-to-back games. And then you have the fact that, you know, he had a setback. Uh, you know, his, his ankle just didn't respond like he had hoped uh, playing over last weekend. And it needs more rest. It needs it needs some time to, to, to heal, and, and he needs to get more comfortable cutting on it. So I do think you'll see him out there, you know, trying to get some rhythm before the playoffs. But the Lakers are probably going to have to fight for that seed largely without LeBron for the rest of this uh, couple of weeks. And that's probably why I think that they'll end up in that playing tournament. Um, and, you know, the conversation that we've had now for months of, hey, okay, the only thing that matters is LBJ's got to be healthy, and that's all that matters. That's that's a fair question mark right now. I, th- I think uh, that's obviously fair to, uh, to say that we're not 100% where LeBron James is, but the fact that the guy is now going to take a couple more games off um, I think that's that's fair to say. Okay, there's a little bit reason for concern. I don't know about you guys, but I think a uh, fair concern in my eyes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Lake fans, if you missed any part of the show, you can always go on the ESPN app or on iTunes. Search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. You'll catch uh, the full two hours. Want to welcome in a good buddy of mine and also uh, somebody who does a great job for the athletic, Johan Buha. Johan, what's going on, man? Thank you for uh, taking some time to join the show. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. It's going good. You know, it's going good. Yesterday, we uh, find each other at Staples Center. We kind of made eye contact <laughs> and both said to each other, uh, hey, you you a little concerned here? You worried? Um, what what do you think? Just think about this. We're seven games away from the regular season ending. Um, you know, I, I'll get to your article because I thought you wrote a great piece and making a case for Marc Gasol, but I'll do that in a second. Lakers predicament. Um, do, do you like where the Lakers are? Do you feel a little uneasy, specifically because LeBron all of a sudden taking a couple more games off? Give, give me your thoughts. Yeah, um, I feel like it's been a, a roller coaster of emotions over the past forty-eight hours because um, you know AD said it best. I felt after that Toronto game um, that this is like the lowest point of mm-hmm. you know, the, the Lakers, you know, AD LeBron era over the past two years where. Uh, you know, they, they lost six of seven. Uh, Le- LeBron exited the game. We didn't know his status. Dennis had, had just been reported uh, that he was going to be out for, for 10 to 14 days, which basically keeps him out for the rest of the regular season. 
and you, you just felt like everything was kind of compounding and adding up and, and accumulating to just this team going into the postseason really with, with no momentum, potentially being in the play-in game, and uh, you, you're just not really feeling great about where the Lakers were at. Um, and, and then I don't want to overreact you know, too much the opposite way, but I was really impressed with the Denver game. And, you know, the, that to me was, um, you know, I, I think part of the discouragement of the previous stretch was that they were playing lottery teams and, and they weren't able to beat the Washingtons and, and the Sacramentos and the Torontos. But playing a Denver team that had you know, just gone 9-1 and one after Jamal Murray's injury, mm-hmm. had the best offense in the NBA over that stretch, and has the MVP favorite in Nikola Jokic, uh, that to me you know, was a game that mattered. And, and Frank Vogel said it before the game that you know, we're not going to go down without a fight. And I know you kind of heard some of that stuff from the Lakers recently, and they haven't really backed it up. And last night they backed it up. And so I, I don't want to you know, overcorrect it and say everything's you know, perfect and, and um, you know, not, there's nothing to worry about because I still think there are several things to worry about, including LeBron James's health. Um, but I am feeling better after last night, and we'll see how the rest of the week goes. They got the Clippers, the Blazers, and the Suns. There's a murderer's row of opponents coming up. Um, but I think regardless of how the next three games go, at least getting this game gave me some encouragement, especially because they might see Denver in round one. And to me, based on the way they played last night, I would still clearly favor them in a, in a matchup with Denver as long as LeBron is back. So I felt more positive after that game. Now we'll see how the rest of the week goes. Jovan, um, on the LeBron news that we got today, and the news was he's expected to miss back-to-back games, the, the point um, that I was trying to make was this is probably the first time where I'm not 100% sure that you know we've been using the ex- – I don't even want to call it excuse, but we keep saying, hey, don't worry, we got time. There's 60 days left till the playoffs. Yeah, just got to be healthy by then. All right, 30 days left. There's two weeks left before the playing tournament starts. And if LeBron, after missing 20 games, comes back and now is going to miss more games, um, do you agree with me on this, or, or do you think I, – I, I get the level of caution. Just be extra cautious. You just want LeBron healthy for the playoffs. But this one threw me for a loop because I thought by him missing those 20, I didn't think he would come back unless he felt like, hey, I'm good to go. The fact that now he's missing games after he came back concerns me. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely concerned as, as well. You know, I, I thought it was telling that in the, the last question of his press conference after the Raptors game, uh, he, he basically kind of admitted, like, I don't know if I came back too soon. You know, I, I wasn't really going to know until I tested it out. And now that I tested it out, I'm not sure. And, and the fact that he was having that doubt of, of whether he came back too soon, he had the quote about never being 100% again. And, and that was kind of vague where you weren't sure. Are you saying that your ankle is never going to be 100% again? Is that you physically never going to be 100% again? Is that this season? Is that the rest of your career? Like, you know, there's probably should have been a follow-up question there in terms of, you know, clarifying what he meant. Uh, but I, I think, I mean, to his point, though, of what he said during that presser, like the Lakers are not winning the championship if LeBron is not healthy, right? Like a, a compromised LeBron, we saw – they actually kind of stayed afloat, I, I think, better than people gave them credit for without Anthony Davis. And in that stretch, you know, right, like w- w- with LeBron and OAD, they actually were above 500. You know, they were, were getting some momentum coming out of the All-Star break. They started post-All-Star break 4-0 right before LeBron got injured. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll never know what would have happened over that stretch with, with LeBron and OAD. But 
I think we, we've seen that formula kind of work for them. This AD and no LeBron formula has not worked. Even going back to last season, um, you know, the, the, the lineup data shows they really struggle when LeBron is off the floor. And, you know, they were 8-12 and 12, uh, without him. And, um, you know, now just beat Denver. So that's 9-12 and 12 a little bit better. But they are a, a sub-500 team without LeBron James in L.A. You know, that's pretty clear. So um, I think, you know, it's, it's not ideal, right? Ideally, you would have had this last eight, nine games to, to have LeBron, you know, in the lineup, get, get some chemistry with Andre Drummond, get some continuity with different lineups, test some closing lineups. Like we haven't seen what I think should probably be their closing lineup of AD, LeBron, KCP, Alex Caruso, and Dennis for months now, right? You know, mm-hmm. back since February. So I'd like to see that lineup again. Um, so I, I think we are going to miss that. But as long as he's healthy by game one of the first round, I still like the Lakers' chances against basically anybody. I think if they play the Clippers, that's going to be a really tough series, a really interesting series. The Clippers have been rolling lately, and that's the one matchup where I think it would be really, really close. But if they're playing Utah, Phoenix, Denver, I still like the Lakers in that matchup, you know, regardless of their chemistry and continuity. They just got to be healthy, and that's the biggest question mark at this point. We just don't know if they're going to be healthy. And if they're not healthy, I think they're susceptible to losing in round one. Jovan Buha, Lakers uh, beat writer for The Athletic, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. You could follow him on Twitter, J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. Um, you know, I, I think – and, and that, that's, what, that's what sticks with me, Jovan, is the, what you just said there at the end. I always just thought there was enough time for them to be healthy, and now for the first time I'm like, uh, maybe there's not enough time. And that's, like I mentioned, the, the mere fact that – LeBron is going to miss these next couple of games after he came back. I, I want to go to something else here. You had a good article yesterday um, that you put out. Actually, I think you put it out this morning. Uh, Marcus Gasol yesterday was a plus 17 last night against the Denver Nuggets. And you made a case that he deserves minutes and a permanent spot in the rotation. Um, what what I, I've heard Gasol, and I'm sure you have as well, you've heard – I've heard a lot of criticism towards Gasol before Andre Drummond came. Well, why is he, you know, we should have kept Dwight Howard, and uh, Gasol's not a good enough rim protector. And now all of a sudden, Andre Drummond comes to the Lakers, and you see Gasol get an opportunity yesterday, and I think some Laker fans are ready to put up uh, his jersey up in the rafters. Uh, you can see how quick things uh, things, <laughs> things change here, Jovan. Uh, but what, what, what do you think is the reason why you think he deserves more minutes and a permanent spot in the rotation? Uh, so there's a couple reasons. Number one, I- I've been on this for a few weeks now. If, if you read my work and, and, and listen to my podcast, the, the Forum Club, um, where I-, I just didn't understand kind of the, the binary logic of it's either Montrezl Harrell or Marcus Gasol as the backup center mm. behind Andre Drummond. I felt that from day one of adding Andre Drummond, it should have been more of a, a matchup and game-by-game thing of – there are certain matchups where Montrezl Harrell is probably the better guy to play off the bench, and there are certain matchups like a Denver, like a Utah, like a, a, a Philadelphia, where they have those you know elite centers, Jokic and Embiid, Gobert, where you want Marcus Sol matching up with those guys and, and not Montrezl Harrell. So um, you know I've I've kind of been leaning this way for a while, but I think it's it's really just kind of you know reared its head over the last few games where the Lakers have really really struggled especially without LeBron and Dennis. Um, and I, I think with, with Mark, uh, you know, to, to kind of to what you just said, people always focus on what he can't do, right? They, they focus on, 
you know, a clip of maybe he gets blown by on the perimeter by a quicker guy or, you know, he, he passes up an open shot. Uh, but they don't focus on what he can do. And I, I thought you saw last night the, the great things that he can do. Number one, he defended Nikola Jokic the, the best of, of any Laker big. You know, he, he really he blocked him once. He forced him into some tough shots. And, and, you know, again, that plus 17 number, like that, that also means they were, you know, they won the game by four. So they were minus 13 in the 31 minutes. Mark wasn't on the floor. Mm-hmm. And had Andre Drummond, you know, I, I know Frank said Andre, uh, Mark was going to play, but Mark didn't come in until the two minute mark of the first half because Andre Drummond picked up his fourth foul. So if Andre Drummond doesn't get in foul trouble, he doesn't get we don't know minutes. when Mark Gasol, yeah, what, what, when is he entering the game? Because he, he, he did not play the first 22 minutes of the game. Um, so, you know, I also think with Mark, it's it's the floor spacing and the three point shooting. He hit three threes last night. He was more aggressive and assertive as a shooter. We, we you know, that's like my honestly biggest criticism of Mark has been more on the offensive end than the defensive end. You know, the defensive numbers with Mark on the floor are really really good. I know it's not always pretty. He sometimes gets blown by, but for the you know the most part, if he's in the paint, he's contesting. He's blocking shots. He's actually averaging a career high block rate. Like he's been pretty good defensively. It's from the offensive end where he passes up shots. He's almost selfless to a fault, you know, almost being selfish, being selfish, being selfless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so last night, he, he, you know, he talked about that. Frank talked about that, where they're trying to get Mark more aggressive. You know, take the open shot when, when you're open. And I thought the floor spacing was really important for two guys in particular, THT and Anthony Davis. And THT didn't have a great game, but you saw when Mark was out there, those driving lanes were wide open mm. and he had all this spacing to, to get to the rim. And same thing with AD on the post-ups. If you have Andre Drummond or Montrezl Harrell on the opposite block, that guy, it's a much easier double rather than having Marcus Sol stationed at the top of the arc. And now that guy has to travel from 25 feet down to the block. That, that's a much harder rotation. So I think with, with Mark, you know, there's been a lot of dwelling on what he can't do when what he can do is he's the Lakers best and, and only floor spacer at center He's their best passer at center. And in my opinion, he's their best defender at center. So, um, you know, I think all those things are, are very important elements. And I think Drake Vogel kind of even touched on it where he, he had a quote last night about the way they played of like, you know, we have enough offense. We have LeBron, AD, and Dennis. We need guys to fill in the gaps, especially defensively. And me hearing that, that to me is Marcus Gasol more than Andre Drummond or Montrezl Harrell. So I don't know how they're going to figure out the center mix, but to me, Marcus Gasol needs to be in there 12 to 15 minutes a night at least, and then you, you figure out the rest of those minutes. Uh, Jovan Buha, the new agent for Marcus Gasol. Um, he is uh, on full <laughs> campaign, <laughs> full campaign 12, 12 right now. 12 to 15 minutes. <laughs> no, actually, by the way, that the 12 to 15 minutes, that sounds incredibly reasonable, right? I mean, that's not like you sitting here saying, oh, he's got to be the starter and he's got to be closing out. I was, I spent some time on this uh, before you, you joined the show. L- listen, I don't know if I know the exact lineup to close out a game for the Lakers because they have so much depth. Jovan, I think there's a lot of opportunities where there might be a game where Ben McLemore can't miss and he shouldn't be in the game in the fourth. There might be another game where um, Marcus Gasol is having a great game and he should close out the game. Just There's so much depth in every position. I don't think you could kind of guarantee or lock who it, who it's going to be on a night in night out basis. But uh, I thought your article was great for those who uh, want to take um, you know obviously read the article at Jovan Buha. So J O V A N B U H A. Jovan, I appreciate the time, buddy. Uh, always great to catch up with you. I know we'll see you again 
on Sunday. Lakers taking on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, should be a, should be an interesting week. Lakers still got to close out the Clippers, the Blazers, and uh, Phoenix. Thanks for doing this, bud. It's a big week, man, but uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's always fun to chat. All right, Jovan. Uh, Jovan Buha right there. Um, okay, let, let's do this. I, I, I have talked long enough, Laker fans. I apologize here. I know there's people driving around saying, Al, would you just stop talking for just a couple of minutes? Um, one more segment left. 877-710-ESPN. This last segment will just take Laker phone calls. Um, what spot, how do you feel about where the Lakers are right now? Are you as concerned about this LeBron being out for a couple more games as I am? Because I have definitely shown that I have some concern there. Um, if you want to hit on anything else that I started talking about and uh, and went to a whole different world, you could do that as well. 877-710-ESPN. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Lakers talk on 710-ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, you missed any part of the show? Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa on the ESPN app or on iTunes. If you want more Lakers talk coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll do our streaming show, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Facebook, Twitter. We'll uh, we'll do a video show for about a half hour or so, so you could tune into that. ESPN Los Angeles, all the social uh, social handles for ESPN Los Angeles will be on there. All right, let's take uh, some phone calls. Bill in Canoga Park. Bill, what's going on? Appreciate you calling in. Yeah, thank you, Alan. How you doing? Uh, yeah, um, you know, obviously it's not the most comfortable situation is having LeBron out to, uh, you know, with uh, seven games left before the playoffs. But, you know, as long as the team's clear, if they can somehow win the two of the next three games, you know, suck it up and, you know, focus on AD and the rest of the squad. I really think if as long as LeBron's healthy, you can basically give him a half or a game to get ready, and he can he can he can take it over. I mean, it's kind of similar to what happened in the bubble last year. You know, there were very few games to get ready. They lost. Uh, they I think they were three and five in, in the middle of the bubble season. Came in, lost the first game to Portland, and then it was just like you know, jets flying. So. Um, I feel shaky about it. I'm, you know, definitely it's not the best of situations. They man shoot her out, but it is what it is. And, you know, I think health is the main concern, and hopefully that will all line up, at least, you know, 80 85% healthy. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you, Bill. Okay, so let, let me kind of go on to uh, Bill's point here for a quick second. So Bill is making the point, and I, I hate to make the comparison of last season to this season. Because when I hear people say that, uh, and by the way, it's a great call. I mean, a lot of good points there. But my one hesitation of making, there's a big difference between last season and this season. So we might have walked into the Orlando bubble last year, struggled a little bit in those eight games that the Lakers had before we um, obviously got the postseason started. Once the postseason started, Lakers went to work. Yes, they lost that first game to Portland. They won four games to one. Then they get go up against the Rockets, four games to one. Denver, four to one. And then take care of the Miami, four to two. Here's the big difference between last season and this season. LeBron's health. That's that's why I've kind of stayed on this topic throughout the show. It's his health. The biggest difference in these uh, in that playoff run last year, 
I wasn't sitting here with seven games left or six games left or ten games left wondering if LBJ, hey, LeBron, are you good? Are you not good? You came back after 20 games, and now you got to sit for a little bit longer. That's the biggest difference between uh, between last season and this season. Um, Allen in L.A. What's going on, Allen? Yes, sir, you're on, buddy. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say, man, uh, to hold your horse a little bit, man, don't put the, the Lakers in the play-in yet, man, because if they beat Portland Friday and uh, go four and two the rest of the, the six games with the last three being lottery teams, they can get that six seed because Portland has a tough schedule, man. They're going to lose two or three games the rest of the way. I mean, they might not catch Dallas. Dallas schedule is pretty easy. But Portland, Portland could easily go lose three or four games down the stretch. They got some pretty tough teams, man. And they give uh, I don't disagree. a little week of rest. Hey, Alan, I, I don't disagree. The difference is between the Lakers and the Blazers – I think it's Portland it's going to be incredibly it's going to be more important for Portland than I think it's going to be for the Lakers. So what I mean by that is that game coming up on Friday Lakers and the Blazers uh you got to imagine Portland's treating that like a playoff game. The Lakers obviously are not treating it like a playoff game. Um LeBron's going to use extra time to get rest. Portland's not perfect. Dallas is not perfect. Those both of those teams have proven they could lose any game on any given night. But that game on Friday, as big as it is for the Lakers, um, I think it's you know even bigger for the Portland Trailblazers, and that's the tiebreaker game. Who was that? It was uh, Allen in L.A. If Lakers go four and two on their you know on this stretch here or whatever whatever number that you gave, let's say they end up five and two in these final seven games. Yeah, you're right. They are going to end up with a five or six seed. But asking them to do that without LeBron and facing teams that the each one of these teams are still playing for something. So I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. Um, we'll have to, you know, obviously wait and see what happens. Uh, Solomon in Lake Balboa. Solomon, what's going on? Appreciate you calling in. Hey, I always appreciate you, Alan. Thank you. Uh, real quick, because I, I couldn't hang on last night. I did want to give props to Gasol. Um, you know, James Worthy and uh, Robert Ory made some really good points. Robert Ory pointed out that this man knows how to play defense on a European-style player like Jokic. Mm. And um, 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 James Worthy pointed out that on offense, because Schroeder wasn't there, he, there's something about him because of his experience. The ball was moving. Plays were getting set up. He was moving players back and forth. Those are those are really key things that that Gasol does bring to the pay table when when he gets on the court, and I just wanted to give him props for that. Regarding the state of the Lakers, I know where you're coming from regarding LeBron, and I think what the Lakers may have to start to do now is they're going to have to you know pull those bootstraps up that they may not have a LeBron, or at least they're not going to have a 100% LeBron, and you better learn to win without that and what you got. So it's time for, you know, all, we always talk about the, you know, the accessory players. They're going to have to step up and just play big time or the Lakers are not going to, you know, get, get far in the playoffs. Appreciate you calling in. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you, Solomon. On the Gasol point, by the way, real quick, um, you know, I, I think the Marc Gasol, yes, hey, you didn't have. Dennis Schroeder didn't play, and uh, and LeBron didn't play. So there was no quarterback for the Lakers. So Gasol can actually play more of a quarterback because he's such a good passer, such a good facilitator. So there's actually games 
like yesterday and probably these next couple of games where Gasol becomes more advantageous because you don't have somebody setting things up. You don't have somebody kind of pointing the direction of what the positives, the negatives, and everything else. And Solman, on your last point, in regards to LeBron, I I don't want to make it sound this simple, but it's kind of this simple. Um, We can ask other players to step up. You can ask other guys to... Uh, hey, you know what? Everybody's got uh, next man up, all that, that whole mentality. When it's playoff time, and if LeBron's not LeBron, ain't no one stepping up to replace LeBron. That's just not, there's no such thing. There's certain players you just can't do that with. And I'm not saying that your point is per se that another player comes in and has to take on the load LeBron does. That's It's impossible, it's irrelevant. Um, it's unrealistic. But I do think that, you know, Staying with just the LeBron part, I, I I'm under the I'm under the assumption that if he came back originally and had to kind of test it out a little bit and then decided I don't know maybe I did come back a little bit too early. Time is ticking here to uh, you know obviously figure out if he's going to get to as close to 100 percent as possible. Okay, uh, final quick call here, Jeff in Anaheim. Jeff, you're on uh, you're on Lakers talk. What's going on, Jeff? I just want to say that uh, everybody's talking about last season and all of that, but the problem with the Lakers right now, especially without LeBron and Schroeder, is that on offense they rank 23rd or 25th. And I don't, I know of no team that have won a championship where their offense and defense were not ranked in the, at least in the top 10, if not top 5. So this idea that, you know what, we can go ahead and hang with Portland and, and with Dallas and Phoenix and, and Clippers. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not buying that as a Laker fan, man. Uh, I hate to say this. We should have gotten Kyle Lowry because last night was a good example. You uh, double team Anthony Davis and you're relying on THT to win you a game. Seriously. THT is your best guy. When, when AD is double teamed. I mean, that, you know, Lakers are hurting, man, on offense, and, and I'm not sure what the solution is, but uh, nobody has a stepped up uh, on a regular basis. And Schroeder, I don't know what happened to the guy where in the same season, you know, he gets uh, a couple of weeks uh, for COVID uh, protocol with all these uh, vaccinations. So I think he's going to make it a lot worse for the Lakers uh, positioning, even if they, you know, win this, uh, the play-in tournament. So uh, I don't know. It's not looking good, unfortunately. We'll I see. Hate to say it, we'll but... see. We'll see what happens, Jeff. Thank you for calling in, bud. We're coming to a close to a show. Um, okay, uh, as Jeff was alluding to, so next couple of games for the Lakers. I'm trying to predict here. Lakers got three games left this week. Um, four games total this week. Already took care of the Denver Nuggets uh, yesterday. Got the Clippers coming up on Thursday. You got Portland coming up on Friday. You got the Suns coming up on uh, Sunday. If they went two and one in these next three games, uh, what an accomplishment that would be! I mean, what an accomplishment that would be if you could just walk away with two wins in these next three. And I said this earlier. I'm I'm not I'm not surprised anymore. If Lakers, I now actually expect them to be in the playing tournament. I now expect them if if the playing tournament is the top priority for some of these other teams to avoid, I think for the Lakers, they might not have that luxury. I really don't. And I, and I don't think it's anybody's fault. I think this, you know, the news about LeBron James 
expected to miss back-to-back games against the Clippers and the Blazers to rest his injured ankle. I think, um, you know, now it, it kind of everything just turns to, okay, well, we're going to try to get through the regular season, and if, if we're in the playing tournament, we're in it, and if we're not, we're not. Uh, and if you're not a fan of this playing tournament, uh, like LeBron James isn't, um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not on that boat. I actually think the playing tournament's good for the NBA. I think it's going to make things exciting, but we'll have to see how these next few games go for the Lakers. Only seven games left. All right, we got the social show coming up next. Uh, thank you to Steve Paulette. Thank you to all the uh, Laker calls. Nothing better than uh, listening to Laker fans. Thank you to Ali Clifton, Yovan Buha as well from the Athletic, LA. Have a great rest of your night.